on what station can you hear talk shows, country music, Gaelic music, oldies, funk, and more? Why, it's the University of Central Missouri's The Beat, the best in college radio. What's up, everybody? How are we doing today? How was your weekend? I hope it was good. My week was pretty good. It was pretty busy. Coming up, we got another good episode of Taking the Snap. Holy moly, do we have a lot to talk about this week once again. Coming up, we're going to recap week six, make predictions for week seven, go over the power rankings. I'm going to ask you a trivia question and more. That's all coming up on UCM, the beat. So, I did pretty horrible in predictions last week. I was 7 for 16. Ouch. You guys already know what happened in the in the uh, Thursday night game for week 6. And it was another snooze fest. But just in case you needed a reminder, the Commanders beat the Bears 12 to 7. Now, the thing that killed the Bears absolutely was Justin Fields getting sacked five times for a total loss of 36 yards. When you don't have an offensive line to block you, nine times out of ten, you're going to lose. Let me tell you, when you get sacked five times in four quarters, your offensive line needs improvement. And that, my friends, is exactly the case with the Chicago Bears. The New York Giants came back to beat the Baltimore Ravens 24-20. Now, what killed the Ravens was red zone efficiency. For those of you who don't know, the red zone is from the 20-yard line to the end zone on both sides. The Ravens were 1-for-3 in the red zone, only scoring one touchdown. The only other touchdown that they scored was a 30-yard run by Kingian Drake, who I didn't even know was in the league anymore. The Jaguars almost came back, but unfortunately, they lost to the Colts 34-27. Now, the thing that killed the Jags, unfortunately, was allowing four sacks for a total of 29 yards. Now, sacks is not the only thing that killed them. Another thing that killed them was penalties. And as you guys know, sacks and penalties usually destroy momentum. The Patriots absolutely dominated the Browns by a final score of 38-15. to There were a couple of things that killed the Browns. First off, let's look at rushing yards. They ran the ball 18 times for a total of 70 yards, okay? Now, 70 yards between Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, Jacoby Brissett is not not exactly the best for a team that runs the ball 50% of the time. Now, another thing that killed the Browns was Jacoby Brissett throwing two interceptions. When you throw two interceptions you're most likely not going to win because turnovers also kill the momentum. The Bengals beat the Saints 30-26. to Yeah, 30-26. to Now, what killed the Saints was also red zone efficiency. No surprise there. As they were 1-for-5 in the red zone. That's a whopping 20%. When you are one for five in scoring touchdowns in the red zone, you're, you've lost momentum. This, is a, th- this next one coming up is a game that shocked me to the core, okay? The Steelers somehow came away with a win as they beat the Buccaneers 20-18. to now, what killed the Bucks was red zone efficiency once again, going one for four in the red zone. When you were that horrible, news flash, you're probably not going to win. 
the Falcons surprisingly beat the 49ers by a final score of 28 to 14. This was the biggest upset this week. I don't care what anybody says. There were quite a few. There were quite a few of those upsets, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. What killed the 49ers was quite a few things. First off, they were 3 for 8 on third down. When you're less than 50% on third down, you have to punt pretty much the entire game. The other thing that killed them was rushing. Now, they're a big rushing team. They ran the ball 16 times for a whopping total of 50 yards. Ouch. The Jets, holy moly, did the Jets ever beat the living daylights out of the Packers 27 to 10. I was very disappointed in the Packers. Now here's what killed them. Third down efficiency strikes once again as they went... As they went 4 for 16 on third down. That's 25% on third down, okay? Anything less than 50 and you're going to lose, probably. The Vikings got by the Dolphins 24 to 16. Looking at the stats for this game, Minnesota should have lost. As they were only 2 for 12 on third down. Which is absolutely pathetic. But what killed the Dolphins for sure was giving up six sacks for a total loss of 33 yards. Another thing was penalties, and sacks and penalties are going to kill momentum as a team. As they were handed 10 penalties for 97 yards. The Rams destroyed the Panthers by a final score of 24 to 10. Now, looking at the stats for this game, the Rams totally should have lost. They didn't even deserve to win. Because let me tell you something, they were losing at halftime to the Carolina Panthers. They were losing at halftime 10 to 7. Now, keep in mind, this is the defending Super Bowl champions, all right? The Seahawks beat the Cardinals 19-9. I expected that to happen. But the thing that really killed the Cardinals was third down efficiency as they were 4 for 16 on third down. I almost forgot to tell you what killed the Panthers. What killed the Panthers was third down efficiency once again, 2 for 10 for a whopping 20%. Another thing was time of possession. So the Rams held the ball for 37 minutes and 5 seconds, while the Panthers only had it for 22 minutes and 55 seconds. And perhaps one of the most upsetting games of the week, the Bills came back to beat the Chiefs 24-17. I suspected this was going to happen because... The Chiefs' secondary is kind of banged up at the moment. The thing that killed the Chiefs was penalties as they were handed five penalties for 58 yards. Most of those were unsportsmanlike conduct. One of them was pass interference. The Eagles remain undefeated, beating the Dallas Cowboys 26-17. The thing that killed the Cowboys was Cooper Rush throwing not one, not two, but three interceptions. Another thing that killed them was third down efficiency, as they were only four for ten on third down. And finally, rounding out week six, folks, the Chargers beat the Broncos 19-16 in overtime. Luckily for you primetime fans, 
the Broncos are off of primetime until week 14 because that was, once again, a very boring game. The thing that killed the Broncos was two things. One was third down efficiency, as they were only 4 for 14 on third down. Another thing was penalties, and holy moly, did they get a lot. Get this, they got 10 penalties for, I can't even believe I'm about to say this, 151 yards. Oh boy. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. I'll be talking about last night's Thursday game. And I'll be talking about the Chiefs secondary that's all coming up right here. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Taking the Snap only on UCM The Beat. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human. And she's got this little toy she's always playing with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese. And guess what? Egg rolls showed up. Like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. So, you know, I'm a dog, and I'm kind of new to this family, but I've noticed a trend. My humans do this thing where they go around and get all my toys and hide them in this basket. But it's always the same basket, and it's always the same place. And then they act so surprised when I find them. But I'm like, hello, that's where you put it last time. Humans are the worst at hide-and-go-seek. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Attention men under the age of 35. You know what really impresses the ladies? When a guy has a few drinks and later gets pulled over for buzz driving. That could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. There goes let's grab dinner and a movie. Oh, I know. You drive more carefully when you're buzzed. You've proven that hundreds of times. A woman admires that kind of confidence. And you've practiced how to speak if a cop does pull you over. Slowly, clearly, and politely like, good evening, officer. A woman admires that kind of foresight. And what woman doesn't find it adorable that you call it buzzed even though the law calls it drunk? You could kiss $10,000 goodbye, along with any chance of having a girlfriend. Because nothing says, I'm a catch, more than a guy who lives in his parents' basement and calls it my place. Buzzed, busted, and broke. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You are now turned into the dopest college radio station. UCM the beat. Keep it locked. U C M the beat. All right, guys, welcome back to Taking the Snap. All right, let's talk about that Thursday night football game last night. When I turned it on, I expected it to be like 6-3 to three at halftime, but it was a much higher scoring game. In fact, it was the highest scoring game on Amazon Prime so far this season, all right? The final score at, the score at halftime was 28-14. to 14. Let's look at some of those stats from last night, shall we? Andy Dalton, who is the Saints' starting quarterback right now, as Jameis Winston is dealing with a back injury. Andy Dalton went 30 for 47 for 361 yards, four touchdowns, and three interceptions for a, for a quarterback rating of 89.1. Kyler Murray went 20 for 29 for 204 yards, one touchdown, and no interceptions for a rating of 100.4, okay? Now, I really think what killed... I think what really killed the Saints last night 
it was definitely third down efficiency as they were 6 for 13 on third down. They also had Andy Dalton throw two pick sixes before before halftime, which that's a momentum killer if you ask me. Let's look at how they scored for those of you who don't know. So first quarter, Andy Dalton and the Saints drive down the field. A rookie running back caught a 53-yard pass from Andy Dalton for a touchdown, and then Will Lutz added the extra point. Field goal by the Cardinals made it 7-3 at the end of the first quarter. Then it was 7-6 as the Cardinals got another field goal. Touchdown by the Saints. Taysom Hill caught a pass from Andy Dalton for three yards. Will Lutz added the extra point. They're up 14-6. Okay, okay, all right. Starting to get a little bit of momentum. Here's where the momentum stopped. On that, on the Saints' second-to-last drive, Andy Dalton threw a pick-six. A 36-yard return, giving the Cardinals a 20-14 lead. And then on the very next drive, Isaiah Simmons said, Hey, I want in on the pick six party. Let me get a pick six. He returned it for for 56 yards. Kyler Murray passed to Zach Ertz for a two-point conversion, leaving the Saints with pretty much no time to go down the field and score as they trailed at halftime 28-14, to all right? Will Lutz added on a field goal in the third quarter, drawing the deficit from 28 to 14 to 28 to 17. Then Kyler Murray decides, hey, I'm going to be the next Patrick Mahomes and throws a five-yard touchdown pass to Greg Dirge, a rookie. Rodrigo Blankenship added on an extra point giving the Cardinals a 35-17 to 17 lead. Fourth quarter rolls around, and it's an 18-point game at this point, all right? It's not even close. It's garbage time. No. Andy Dalton passed to Juwan Johnson for 17 yards. Well, let's add the extra point. Drawing it a little bit closer, 24 to, excuse me, 35 to 24. Then Eno Benjamin decides to become the next Priest Holmes. As he runs it in from five yards out, Blankenship adds the extra point. The Saints are up, excuse me, the Cardinals are up 42 to 24. Now it's garbage time. Right? Wrong. With three minutes and seven seconds left, Andy Dalton passed to Juwan Johnson once again for one yard. Will Lutz added the extra point. And then with 43 seconds left, it turned into an eight-point game when Will Lutz decided, hey, I'll kick a field goal and get us closer. He kicked a 45-yard field goal Drawing the lead a little bit closer, 42 to 34, and that was the final score of that game. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'll be talking about the power rankings for week seven. And let me tell you, they're very controversial. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Taking the Snap only on UCM The Beat.
It's important to buckle up your kids. I know. Sometimes car seats can be complicated. I know. And if your child's in the wrong seat and you get into a crash. I know. It could lead to a serious injury. I know. So you're 100% sure you have the right car seat for your child's age and size? I don't know. Don't think you know. Know you know. Car crashes are a leading killer of children 1 to 13. Make sure you have the right car seat. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey everybody, Rachel Ray here. Nothing puts a bigger smile on my face than cooking up a big meal for family and friends. But there's not enough room at my table for the 17 million kids in America who are struggling with hunger. These children, that's one out of every five, often have to skip meals because there's just nothing to eat in the kitchen. Yet there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food produced right here in America to feed every last hungry child. If only there was a way to get it to them. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks collects surplus food to give hope to hungry kids and their families all across our country. But they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America at your local food bank and at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. UCM The Beat, the one and only radio station of the University of Central Missouri. All right, guys, before we move on to power rankings, I want to give a massive shout-out to my family. Holy moly, dude, they have a great person. Thank you so much to my dad for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. You're killing it. Keep it going. The rest of my family, thank you so much. I really appreciate all the support you've given me. With that done, let's move on to the power rankings and I'll give my reaction. Okay, now this week's power rankings are a little bit more controversial than they were last week, all right? At number one, we got the Buffalo Bills. Okay, they belong there because after winning against the Chiefs at Arrowhead, which is not easy to do necessarily... They deserve to be there. At number two, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. 6-0. Yeah, I like this. I mean, considering the strength of their schedule, they belong here because so far they've had a significantly easy schedule. At number three is the Kansas City Chiefs. First three, I agree with, all right? I like where I like where ESPN is putting these teams. But the Chiefs, they need to do a better job at getting pressure on the quarterback, all right? Their pass rush against Josh Allen was pretty much non-existent. At number four, we have the Minnesota Vikings. All right. All right, I see you, Minnesota. I didn't expect you to do much this year, I got to admit. But you're a pretty good team. And number five is the New York Giants. The only reason they're here in the top five is because of their defense, all right? Their offense has been so inconsistent all year. Their defense has pretty much carried them throughout the entire season. And number six, we got the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, this is where it starts to get a little bit controversial. I personally don't agree with this. I would probably put him above the Giants. I'd put him at number five and put the Giants at six, but hey, that's just me. At number seven, we have the Baltimore Ravens. No, I don't agree with that. Because the Ravens are known right now 
as the team that blows leads, all right? They're turning into the Atlanta Falcons of the 2010s. Let's look at the leads they've blown. First off, week two against the Dolphins should have been an easy win, right? Wrong. They blew a 35-14 to 14 lead in the fourth quarter. How do you do that against the Dolphins of all teams? At number eight, we got the Los Angeles Chargers. No, they looked horrible. Okay, horrible against the Denver Broncos of all teams. I mean, Denver, Denver's a solid defensive team. It's their offense that's the problem right now. At number nine, we got the New York Jets. All right. All right, you're starting to get a little bit of momentum in the New York teams. All three New York teams, fun fact, are in the top ten, which is surprising. Now, this this next one is a pick I do not agree with at all, okay? At number 10, get this, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, 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 no. Stop right there. I'm going to stop you right there. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers played so bad against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Get this, Tom Brady's completion percentage was 62.5%. As he threw 40 passes, completing only 25 of those. Mitch Trubisky, 9 completions on 12 attempts, a 75% completion percentage. When you beat the GOAT in completion percentage, that's pretty good, alright? Now, now let's look at the QBR, alright? Tom Brady had a QBR of 88, while Mitch Trubisky somehow had a QBR of 142. I'm sorry, but if you lose to a team that doesn't have TJ Watt or Minka Fitzpatrick on the field, you suck. At number 11, we have the Los Angeles Rams. Okay, now... They need to be lower than this because their offense has not shown any life whatsoever this season. Their offensive line is so bad right now, it's not even funny. I mean, just look at them last week. They were down 10-7 to at halftime against, get this, the Carolina Panthers of all teams. In my book, if you lose, if you are losing at halftime to a team that sucks, you don't deserve to be in the top 15. At number 12, we have the San Francisco 49ers. I'm sorry, what? No, absolutely not. Stop right there. They don't even deserve to be in the top 15. They deserve to be in the bottom 15. Because who loses to the Atlanta Falcons? Now, I mean, that's just embarrassing right there. At number 13, we got the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Right here is where I start to agree a little bit more with the picks. Because, listen, the Bengals have turned it on offensively. They're a good team. Moving on at number 14, we have the Green Bay Packers. I'm sorry, but when you lose to the Jets and you give up 27 points, you do not deserve to be in the top 15. You deserve to be in the bottom 16. Speaking of which, at number 15, we have the New England Patriots. Listen, their offense has been picking it up ever since Bailey Zappi took over as the quarterback. Bailey Zappi's actually had a pretty good start to his career. At number 16, we have the Tennessee Titans. All right. I mean, they're coming off a bye in their 3-2, which is not very bad. But when you lose to the Giants in the first week, no, you don't deserve to be in the top 16. At number 17, we have the Miami Dolphins. 
Yeah, no, uh-uh. No, I hate this. I hate this pick, honestly. Because they lost to the freaking Vikings. Now, I know the Vikings are a good team. And I know two has been injured, and he'll come back, and he'll lead them to a playoff berth, probably. But as of right now, I don't see that happening. And number 18, we got the Seattle Seahawks. Anytime you beat the Cardinals, yeah, you're a pretty good team. Offensively, maybe not. But defensively, when you only give up nine points to a very good, very talented Cardinals team, you deserve to be in the top 20. At number nine, we have the Atlanta Falcons. They need to be higher if they beat the 49ers. Okay? I'd put them... I'd personally put them at 16. Now, I know that's being a little bit generous, but anytime you can beat the 49ers of all teams with that solid defense, yeah, you belong in the top 20, all right? At number 20, we got the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, boy. Okay, they've been so inconsistent all year that they're number 20. I'm sorry, but that's a horrible pick. At number 21, we have the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, after last night's performance, they deserve to be kind of lower, but just by a little bit. At number 22, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Surprisingly, all right. Starting to pick it up a little bit in agreeing. At number 23, we have the Cleveland Browns of all teams. All right. All right, Cleveland, I see you. But with their defense, the way that they've been playing, they deserve to be lower than that. At number 24 is the Denver Broncos. No, 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 no. They deserve to be way lower than that. When you lose to the Chargers, who have not made the playoffs... In quite some time, now they almost made it last year if it wasn't for Brandon Staley. But when you play horrible against the Chargers, you deserve to be lower. At number 25, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, now, I think they deserve to be a little bit lower, but just a little bit, because... The Bucks are not an easy team to beat, but they have way too many injuries on defense to be this high. At number 26, we have the Arizona Cardinals. After last night's game, they deserve to be higher. I mean, they beat a Saints team that has Daniel Sorensen, Tyron Matthew, also known as the Honey Badger, At number 27, we have the Choke Vegas Raiders. No, they need to be lower. Now, I agree that their record, the talent on their team does not deserve to be at number 27, but the only reason they're at number 27 is because of their record. At number 28, we have the Washington Commanders. I think they need to be lower than that. Because congratulations, you beat the Bears. What do you want, a gold medal? The Bears are easy to beat these days. Speaking of the Bears, they come in at number 29. They need to be at 30, honestly. Because when you lose to the Washington Commanders, your team sucks. Speaking of number 30, we have the Houston Texans. They played well last time against the against a very talented Jaguars team, which I did not expect me personally. I had the Jags winning against the Texans just because the Texans are so bad this year that they tied the Colts in week one. 
At number 31, I don't agree with this. I think they should be higher than the Texans. It is the Detroit Lions. The only reason they're in the bottom 30 is because of their defense, all right? Their offense is not the problem. Their defense is a huge issue, though. When you're giving up almost 30 points a game, 10 times out of 10, you're probably going to lose. And finally, rounding it out at number 32, we have the Carolina Panthers. All right, folks, it's time for your trivia question of the week. Your trivia question is, listen very carefully. The last time the Chiefs played the 49ers was in Super Bowl 54. Who scored the game-winning touchdown against the 49ers? Stick around to the end to find out the answer. We're going to take another quick break coming up. I'll be talking about week seven of the NFL and who I think will win each game. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Taking the Snap exclusively on UCM The Beat. Long ago, you wouldn't think of galloping on a horse while doing calligraphy. And you wouldn't have attempted to ride your bike while typing a letter. Yet you think you can safely operate a multi-ton vehicle while texting? Behind the wheel is no place to multitask. If you want to BRB, drive now and text later. Lives depend on it. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Reba McIntyre, and I wanted to take a moment to talk to you about a serious problem right here in our own backyard. Did you know that there are nearly 16 million kids struggling with hunger in America? That's one out of every five precious children in this country who might not get to eat dinner tonight. But hope is just around the bend because there's enough healthy, nutritious food produced in this country to put a smile on the face of every last hungry kid. And that's when the Feeding America Nationwide Network of Food Banks steps into the picture. They collect surplus food, engaging their communities in solving hunger and giving hope to the hungry kids and their families. But they need your help. So join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank. Find out how you can help at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. 911, what is your emergency? My kid shot himself. All right, where's the wound, sir? 911, what's your emergency? Please help. My son shot his brother. 911, what is your emergency? 911, please state your emergency. Every day, eight kids and teens are unintentionally killed or injured by loaded and unlocked guns. It wasn't locked. It wasn't locked. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and End Family Fire. Welcome back to Taking the Snap. Let's make predictions for week seven. So last night I had the Cardinals taking the game against the Saints because the Saints are such a weak team this year. I I don't even know what to say. Next up, we got the Lions going into Dallas to take on the Cowboys. All right, um, I'm going to go ahead and take... I'm taking the Lions because here's the thing. Dak Prescott is coming back from injury, and the Lions are coming off of bye week. Plus, Dak Prescott is the most overrated quarterback in the NFL so far this year. Now, I know he's only played one game, but I expected him to do a lot better than what he has so far. Moving on, we got the Browns taking on the Ravens. I'm taking the Ravens because, listen, here's the thing. I don't trust the Browns' defense after they gave up 38 points to a third-string quarterback, all right? 
When you do that, your defense is pathetic so bad. Up next, we got the Buccaneers going into Carolina to take on the Panthers. I'm taking the Bucs easily, easily, easily. Because the Panthers are basically nothing. And for those of you who don't know, Christian McCaffrey, their star running back, just got traded last night in the middle of Thursday night football to the San Francisco 49ers. So now they don't really have a team. No wide receivers, no quarterback. When you don't have those two things on offense, you're going to lose. I'm sorry. Up next, we got the Falcons going into Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals in this one. I think the reason I say that is because now, yes, the Dolphins, excuse me, the Falcons did a good job on defense last time. But I think they got lucky. And plus, the Bengals haven't allowed a touchdown in the second half all season. Moving on, we got the Giants to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm taking the Giants. Jacksonville almost did come back last week. But when you give up 34 points to a team who has not done well all year and has been so inconsistent for ages, I'm picking you to lose. And the Giants' defense has proved themselves this year. I mean, the Giants' defense is having a good year. Saquon Barkley's having a great season. Daniel Jones, not so much, but I don't expect him to do much, honestly. Up next, we got the Packers going into Washington to take on the Commanders. I'm sorry, but I'm taking the Packers. I'm actually I'm going to take the Commanders in this one. Now, I know you're going to say, why, 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 why? Well, here's the thing. The Packers are so weak right now. Hear me out. When you lose to a team that has not had a winning season since 2015, you don't deserve to win. Absolutely not. So that's why I'm picking them to lose. Moving on, we got the Colts going into Tennessee to take on the Titans. I'm taking the Titans in this one. I don't even care what people say. Because the Titans, first off, are coming off of a bye week, so... And... The Colts are playing on the road, and the Titans are clearly the better team, hence their record. Now, I know their record is 3-2, and two, but like I said earlier, the Colts tied the worst team in the NFL in the Texans in Week 1. I'm sorry, but when you tie the worst team in the NFL this year, you're not going to win either. The Texans going into Las Vegas to take on the Choke Vegas Raiders. I'm going to take the Raiders in this one because the Texans have been so bad this year and their record shows it. Another reason I chose the Raiders is because of their offense, all right? Their offense almost came back against the Chiefs in Week 5, scoring 29 points. 20 of those coming in the first half. They're a very good first-half team. They have good wide receivers with Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, a solid tight end, and Darren Waller. A couple of good defensive players and Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. That's the main reason why I'm picking the Raiders, all right? Now, this one is going to create some controversy, I know. We got the Jets going into Denver to face the Broncos. I'm taking the Jets, all right, all the way, because the Broncos' offense has shown no life at all this season. They suck so bad. I. It's embarrassing. 
When you pay Russell Wilson $250 million in the offseason to perform like that? No. I'm sorry, but you don't deserve to win. Moving on, we got the Chiefs to come. We got the Chiefs going into San Francisco to take on the 49ers. I'm taking the Chiefs in this one. Their offense is going to be on a mission to prove that they are a top team in the NFL. Plus, the 49ers defense gave up 28 points to a Falcons team that absolutely sucks. All right. Moving on, we got the Seahawks going into L.A. to take on the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm going to go ahead and take... I'll be honest right now. I'm taking... I'm taking the Seahawks, all right? Because their defense played well last time, only giving up nine points to the Cardinals. And the Chargers offense basically showed no life Moving on, we got the Steelers going into Miami to take on the Dolphins on Sunday night football. I'm going to take the Dolphins because Tua is starting against Mitch Trubisky. Because if you did not know this, Kenny Pickett got injured last week with a concussion. He's out for this game. And finally, on Monday Night Football, we have the Bears going into New England to take on the Patriots. I know, I know. Boring. But here's the thing. I'm taking the Pats in this one. Because Bailey Zappi has looked fantastic to start off his career. Like I said. So right now, let's look at the standings in the NFL. I'm going to go through the AFC first, and then I'll go through the AFC next. NFC. First, let's discuss the AFC East and the state of their division. Leading their division at, with a record of 5-1 and one is the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I expected this. Mostly because the other, two, the other three teams are not consistent. In second place at 4-2 is the New York Jets. They've surprised me this year. i got to admit, I did not expect them to do much at the beginning of the season. I expected them to have, like, maybe at most six or seven wins. But they're only two wins away from me losing that prediction. They're a good team. In third place in the AFC East is the Miami Dolphins at 3-3. Three and three. They started off 3-0, and oh, but then they kind of hit a rough patch after Tua Tagovailoa got injured with that whole concussion protocol. And finally, rounding it out in fourth place, not surprisingly, is the New England Patriots. The Patriots have not been any good ever since Tom Brady left their team. Now, yes, they made the playoffs last year, I do admit. But they've been so inconsistent ever since he left. Let's move on to the AFC West. It's a tie for first place, but leading the division right now is the Kansas City Chiefs. I expected this because the Chiefs have a fantastic team. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, another solid wide receiver, McCole Hardman, who's been okay, I suppose. On defense, you have Chris Jones, Legereus Sneed, Justin Reed, and Steve Spagnuolo as the defensive coordinator. In second place is the Los Angeles Chargers. Wow, okay, I see you, Chargers. All right. They're 4-2 and two right now, so they're tied for first place with the Chiefs. But because we have a better divisional record, the Chiefs are in first place right now. Um, 
Brandon Staley is not a very good head coach because he's very aggressive when it comes to fourth down. They went for four, they went for it on fourth down at least 30% of the time last year. All right. Now 30% is way too much. Moving on to third place in the AFC West, it is the Denver Broncos. At 2 and 4. No, I don't they need to be in last place personally. Because their offense like I said earlier in the show, has not shown any life whatsoever. And like I said earlier, when you play, when you pay Russell Wilson $250 million in the offseason for him to play like that, you deserve to be in last place. And in last place, rounding out the AFC West, is the Las Vegas Raiders. No surprise there. The Raiders are an absolutely terrible team. It's not even funny. I mean, Josh McDaniels, not a very good head coach. Moving on to the AFC North in first place is the Baltimore Ravens. I personally expected the Bengals to be in first place at this point in the season. But I'll take the Ravens all day. Moving on to second place, it is the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, now, with the way their offense started the season, they deserve to be way lower than that. Moving on to third place, we have the Browns. And last but not least, in fourth place, the Steelers. Browns deserve to be in third place because of their defense. The Steelers deserve to be in last place because look at their offense. It's being led by an overrated quarterback ever since he came into the league. And right now, that is Mitch Trubisky, until Kenny Pickett can come back from injury. Let's move on to the final division in the AFC with the AFC South. In first place, drumroll please, we have the Titans at three and two. And I'll t I mean, sure, yeah. They lost to the Giants in week two. Excuse me, week one. They lost in week two. And they came back to win against Las Vegas. In second place, surprisingly, is the Indianapolis Colts. I did not expect that. I expected them to be in a last with the Texans. But their offense has finally picked it up. Their defense is showing up finally. It's about time, too. In third place is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. They deserve to be there. Because their offense has not shown any life. I mean, yes, they scored 27 points against the, against the Colts defense last week. But their offense has been so inconsistent this year. It's so bad. And in last place in the AFC South, we have the Houston Texans. Yeah. I mean, when you tie the Colts, you're pretty bad. Lovey Smith is not a head coach. He needs to be fired. Moving on to the NFC East. In first place, with no surprise there, is the Philadelphia Eagles at 6-0. They are the only undefeated team in the NFL so far this season. In second place at 5-1 is the New York Giants. What is this? The NFC East is winning? 
I'm shocked. The NFC East this year is actually not doing too bad. Not as bad as I expected. The NFC East this year has 17 wins and only 7 losses. That's pretty impressive for a division that has not really been that competitive for the past few years. Moving on to the NFC West. It's a three-way tie for first. Which is absolutely pathetic. The 49ers leading the division at 3-3. Three and three, Tied with them are the Rams in second place. In third place is the Seattle Seahawks. All three of those teams that I just named are 3-3. Three and three. They're at 500. They're not playing well. And in last place, to nobody's surprise, the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, boo-hoo. Moving on to the NFC North. The Minnesota Vikings are in first place at 5-1. Okay, I see you, Minnesota. You're finally starting to show some life against the Packers. And the Packers, who have led the division for the past, at least the past decade. Moving on to second place, the Green Bay Packers. What's going on this year, Green Bay? I thought you were supposed to be competitive. I thought you were supposed to be good. But when you score, or when you allow 123 points in six games this year, you you suck. Moving on to third place, we have the Chicago Bears. All right, Bears, I see you. You need to bear down. And prove to everyone that you still suck. <clears throat> Moving on to last place, we have the Detroit Lions. They belong here because... Now, they have scored a lot of points, scoring 140 points so far this year. But, let me tell you something, folks. When you give up 170 points combined... For this season, nine times out of ten, you're going to lose. Moving on to the NFC South. In first place, leading their division is the GOAT and Tom Brady. With the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't like this, alright? Now, I admit that Tom Brady is going to go into the Hall of Fame one day. When he finally retires, which hopefully is midway through the season because he's not playing very well. but And when your quarterback yells at your offensive line to get it together, you have issues on offense. Moving on to second place, we have the Atlanta Falcons. At 3-3, three and three, shockingly, I did not expect them to be in a tie with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for first place. In third place is the New Orleans Saints at 2-5. and five. Yeah. They've given up, get this, 200 points so far this season. What the heck, dude? I thought your team was supposed to be good, but clearly not. And finally, in the last place, we have the Carolina Panthers. All right, folks, let's take a moment to answer the trivia question. Remember the trivia question I asked in the previous segment. The Kansas City Chiefs played the San Francisco 49ers in Super Bowl 54 who scored the game-winning touchdown in that Super Bowl? The correct answer is Damian Williams, who I did not even know was in the league anymore, but apparently, fun fact, he's on, he's on the Falcons. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. This has been Taking the Snap with me, your host, Colin Sumler. 
And I'll be back next week at noon on Friday to talk about week eight of the NFL and recap week seven. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend. And as always, remember, go Chiefs!